Amen. All right, church, do you have your Bibles this morning? It is time for the Word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verses 1. We have been on a series of the Holy Spirit in the past month and a half. Talking about the Holy Spirit who is the greatest asset of every believer on the earth. We started by letting you know that God gave you his spirit. Before Jesus said, he said, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Holy Ghost or the Comforter, the Paraclete, will not come to you. He said, I will give you another Comforter, the Allos Paracletus, which is another kind of me. I'm bringing to you, I'm giving him to you, so that he will be your strengthener, he will be your advocate, he will be your guide, he will be your standby. The Holy Ghost is there to comfort you. He's there to make you live a comfortable life. As his name is, so is his assignment. His name is the comforter. So he's here to make your life a comfortable life. And that's why if you are a Christian that does not pay the Holy Spirit attention, you will never really go far as a Christian. You may not go far. I can tell you, if not for the Holy Ghost, this church won't be here. Where is your amen? If not for the Holy Ghost, every step that we have taken in this ministry wouldn't have been taken and we will not be how far we are today. It is because of the presence of the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us. He speaks to us. He tells us what to do. He tells us what to avoid. Can I hear an amen? Many times he will tell me when to avoid trouble. I remember one day I was praying some years, I think it was some years ago. Yeah, I was praying and the Holy Ghost said to me, put the whole church on a three days fast. And, and I didn't know for what. He just say, gave me that instruction. I came on a Sunday. I told everybody, we're going on a fast from tomorrow, Monday to Wednesday. On Wednesday, the last day of that fast, three of our, two of our leaders had a fatal accident that would have killed them. But they both survived. Am I talking to somebody? That is the Holy Ghost. Imagine if I didn't hear him. Those two will be dead. Say amen, somebody. So it's important that you make him your friend. He is your best friend. Uh, not, not to even say that if you neglect the Holy Spirit, you have placed yourself in the hand of the devil. The Holy Spirit right now is the one that is the manifestation of the Godhead on the earth. Anything you see being done by, the, by God on the earth today is done by the Holy Spirit. Where is your amen? So we began the series and I taught you the ministry. I taught you about the person and also the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we went on, I think a few, a few weeks ago, we began on the, uh, what was it we started? The, is it not the gift? The uh, fruits of the Spirit versus the works of the flesh. Okay, so today I want to deal with the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say the gift. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just want to thank you this morning. Thank you for your word. Oh God, the scripture says that the entrance of your word bringeth light or giveth light and understanding to the simple. Oh Lord God of heaven, we are asking you to shine light this morning on us. 
Father, as this message is preached, let there be impartation of these gifts that the Holy Spirit is here to give to your people. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church say, Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. Let's begin from there. Glory to God. The Bible says, Now concerning spiritual gifts. Concerning what? He said, Brethren. So he's talking to the believers. He says that these gifts are for the believers. So when you hear brethren there, it means covenant people with God. He said, Concerning spiritual gifts. I would not have you ignorant. That means that there are many people in church today who are ignorant of the gift of the Spirit. People are seated here and they don't even know what it is. And let me tell you, when we talk about these gifts, it is not to pastors. Now, there is ministry gifts in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse, I think it's verse 15 and, and or verse 18. The Bible talks about God leading, leading captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And then he now went down in, I think, the next uh, verse 20. He said he gave to some apostles, to some prophets, to some pastors, uh, evangelists, and teachers. Now, those are the ministry gifts that God raised for the body and gave them to men. For instance, I'm an apostle by calling. So I'm a gift to the body of Christ. But that's not the gift of the Holy Ghost. So the Bible says now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I will not have you ignorant to be ignorant. Don't be ignorant of this gift because you need them. The manifestation of this gift will put you far above principalities and powers. It will put you far above your colleagues at work. It will put your business in a place where the enemy can catch up. Ah, no amen. My goodness. So he talks about the nine gifts. Okay, let's keep going. Verse 2. Verse 2. You know that you were Gentiles. You were unbelievers. Carried away unto these dumb idols. You had your idol worship that you were worshipping. And, and it seemed like in the idol worshipping, you know Sangoma has also displayed some of these funny gifts. Uh, I will talk to you about that. Alright. Even as you were led. Keep going. Verse 3. He said, wherefore I give to you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God called Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Say amen to that. Verse 4. Now there are diversities of gifts but the same Spirit. Keep going. He says, and there are differences of administration. But the same Lord. He said there are so many gifts of the Spirit. He said but it is administered by the Holy Ghost. The Bible said that he giveth to every man as he wills. Okay and keep going. And there are differences in administration. He says but the same Lord. Verse 6. Verse 6. And there are diversities of operation. He says that these gifts operate in different uh, uh, you know, in different ways and different patterns. They operate differently. Now, I, I know that um, there has been a lot of argument in the body of Christ whether there are only nine gifts of the Spirit. I believe Paul writing to the church in Corinth was trying to bring a body of these gifts that operates differently. They operate differently. So when you see, you can see the manifestation of the gift in different people in different ways. For instance, someone like Smith Wigglesworth, he, he went into 
a place where they were burying someone and he took the person out of the casket and threw him to the wall. He did that three times and the person came back to life. Now, it's not in the Bible that you should go and take somebody from the casket. Can I hear an amen? Before you leave here today and say, Kabush, <laughs> I have been taught by Apostle Felix. <laughs> you know, so there are diversities of operation. Amen, somebody. There are diversities. I've raised somebody from the dead. I, I didn't do that by, if I, not just one. I've raised, yet I have had people, I mean, my own personal, my wife died. My late wife passed on. I got to the hospital, prayed, and the Lord said to me, stop praying. I called her home. Am I, am I talking to somebody? So God operates this thing. That's why he gives it as he wills. As he wills. He, he does not, he can't, there are many of these gifts actually don't stay with you. Because for some reason, if we have these gifts operating on a daily basis in our life, some of us will commit so much murder. We'll commit so much destruction if these gifts are in operation every day in our life. That's why he gives it when he wills and he gives it at the time he needs it to operate and function in your life. Can I hear an amen? All right. So, keep going. The Bible says, and there are diversities of operation in verse 6, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. Keep going. That's what I just explained. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. He said it is for the profit of the believer. It is for what? The profit of the believer. It is for your profit. It's not just for pastors. You are somebody that is working or runs your own business. These gifts are needed in your personal business. Can I hear an amen? Alright. Keep going. Verses 8. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. Somebody say the word of wisdom. Alright. To another the word of knowledge. Keep going by the same spirit. Verse 9. To another faith by the same spirit. To another the gifts of healing by the same spirit. Keep going. And to another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. To another diverse kinds of tongues. And to another the interpretation of tongues. Keep going. He said, but all this worketh that one and the same self-spirit dividing to, several, to every man severally as he wills. He divides it to what? To every man severally as he wills. So he chooses whether to give me the gift of faith. He chooses whether to give Pastor Benihin the gifts of healing. He chooses whether to give Pastor Ora Robot the gifts of healing. He chooses whether to give somebody else the working of miracles. But all these things are needed for you in your daily journey as you go serving God in the Holy Ghost. Say amen. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run very quick because I don't have much time. Amen. Now, these gifts, every one of these gifts are supernatural gifts. They are not natural gifts. They are supernatural. That means that you have to connect with the Holy Ghost for you to operate in these gifts. Say amen, church. These are gifts that are spiritual. They are not natural. So let's begin with the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom. Because all I want to do is just give you a brief explanation 
of each of these gifts so that when you see them manifest in your life, you will know what is in action. And you need to believe God for these things, especially if you have maybe certain things you want to go do. Believe God for these gifts in operation. These gifts, I have seen them manifest in my life in different levels and different dimensions and different seasons and times when they were needed. Say amen. All right. The first one is, first and foremost, let me say this. The, the, the gifts are categorized in three different operations. Three different operations. We have number one, so they are categorized. So they are three different operations. Write that down. I want you to have a knowledge of this. The first one we have is the revelation gifts. Revelation gifts. Somebody say revelation gifts. These are the gifts that reveal things. They do what? They reveal things. Number one is the word of wisdom. Number two is the word of knowledge. And number three is discerning of spirits. Number one is word of wisdom. Number two is the word of knowledge. Number three is discerning of spirits. These three are categorized as revelational gifts. They reveal things to the believer. Okay. The second category is the power gifts. These gifts do something. They do something. Power gifts. Number one among them is the gift of faith. Number two is the gifts of healing. Look at the healing. It added S to it. Because that needs to deal with diversities of sicknesses. Say amen. Then number three is working of miracles. Working of miracles. The third category is inspirational gifts. These are gifts that has to that are vocal. They say something. The one among them is prophecy. The gift of prophecy. The second one is diverse kinds of tongues. And the third one is interpretation of tongues. Now, the word gift there means endowment. It means endowment or endowment of the Holy Spirit. And let me also say this. Every believer, not pastors, every believer can manifest every one of these gifts. No, amen. Every believer. Stop looking for somebody to prophesy to you. You can prophesy. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, we are going to begin with the first one, the word of wisdom. This is the ability to supernaturally bring solution to problems. The ability to do what? Supernaturally bring solution to problems, challenges, beyond the level of your experience or education. Beyond the level of your experience or education. It's the ability to prefer solution to challenges, bugging issues, things that people cannot solve on earth, and yet you carry the solution. It's called the word of wisdom. An example we have is in John chapter 8 and verse 1. The Bible said that there was this woman caught in adultery in the very act. In the what? In the very act. And the Bible said that they brought this woman to Jesus. The Pharisees brought this woman. And when she got before Jesus, uh, they said to this Jesus, we caught this woman in the very act. And according to the law of Moses, we are commanded to stone her. Stone her. What do you say? This they asked, finding occasion against Jesus. So what was their motive? To find occasion against who? Jesus. And then the Bible said that Jesus stooped down 
and began to write. <laughs> and then the word of wisdom kicked in. He lifted up his head and said, any of you that have no sin, let him throw the first stone. What happened? Everybody started dropping their stone and they all left. That's the word of wisdom. Somebody say the word of wisdom. Where God gives you a supernatural solution to bugging issues. Say amen. Bugging issues. Issues that are beyond men to handle. Am I talking to somebody? This is one of the apex of the apostolic ministry. For so many of us who are operating in the apostolic grace, this is one of the things that you must operate in. The word of wisdom. The ability to prefer solutions to things that, that people cannot deal with, that cannot handle. Am I talking to somebody? I remember when we were building this building, there was something they needed to do. I can't even remember the construction company. And they were finding it difficult for them to do it. And I came in, I said, what's the problem? They said, this is the problem. And immediately the word of wisdom came and I gave them the solution. And the guy was looking at, the engineer, Kyle was looking at me as if, how did you get this? Why didn't I think of this? Somebody said the word of wisdom. Now you need it for all the problems you are facing. So many of you are faced with challenges that if you have the word of wisdom, you'll be able to discern immediately what is the solution to that problem. Somebody say amen. In Acts chapter 27 and verse 22, let's read that, 22 and 23. Acts chapter 27 and verse 22 and 23. Give me that quickly, please. And now I exhort you, be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but the sheep. Next verse. And there stood by me this night the angel of the Lord, whose I am and, I, and whom I serve. Go to verse 27. Go to verse 27. Quickly. 27. He said, but when the 14th night, when the 14th night was come, as we were driving up and down the Adria about midnight, the shipmen deemed that they drew, they, they drew near to some country. Keep going. And sounded and found it 20 fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found 15 fathoms. Keep going. And then fearing lest we should have fallen upon the rock, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wish for the day keep going and as the ship as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship when they had let down the boat into the sea under the color as though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship last verse paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers except these abide in the ship you cannot leave that was a word of wisdom paul said anybody that listen these people were going through a storm the ship is rocking. It's about to capsize. And they, people, they now placed anchor to steady the ship. And all the people in the boat wanted to run out. At this point, Paul was being taken to Rome for house arrest. So he said to them, guys, anybody that leaves the ship will die. That's the word of wisdom. God will give you supernatural insight and supernatural solution to situations that you are dealing with. You will receive that we give today. Can somebody say amen to that? In 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 16, Elijah said to them, there will be no rain, there will be no dew, but the valley shall be filled with ditches. There will be no rain, there will be no dew. At this point, the king of Israel wanted to go and fight against the king of Moab. And they, were, they had issues with rain at that time. There was no water for the soldiers to drink. 
And then Jehoshaphat said to them, guys, there is a man of God in this city. The word of the Lord is in his mouth. Let's go and speak to him. And as they came to Elijah, Elijah said to them, give me a mistral. And the Bible said they brought a mystery. As she started playing, the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he began to prophesy. He said, there will be no rain nor dew. He said, but the valley, go to the valley. They did the, the ditches in the valley shall be full of water. Somebody says solution. God will give you solution to this world's problem. If you operate in this gift, you will find solution for cancer. You'll find solution for HIV. Can I talk to somebody here today? You'll find solution that the government does not have. Some of you in the church have been giving solution to this ESCOM problem. The Lord said in that we have. But you see, we don't believe it. That this can be a gift from the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. Number two is the what? The word of knowledge. Somebody say the word of knowledge. This is a supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of the mind of God for us and in our situation. Okay? It is a supernatural insight into the past and the present events in order to give solutions. So, the word, the word of knowledge deals with the past and the present. God will give a word of knowledge and he will say something about the past. In fact, many of the things that many of the prophets, so-called prophets, are displaying is actually not the gift of prophecy. It's the word of knowledge. Anybody that start telling you your past, you were born in 1970, so you were, your ID number is this. Those are things in the past. Now, many people are faking those things, but genuinely, it can happen. I can look at you and tell you what you have been dealing with. And this is important because sometimes the solution to your present problem is in your past. Hello. Hello. People have come to me and I will tell them there is so and so and so. If you don't go and deal with this. I remember there was a sister that came to me and they were having problems in their fact, None of them were married. There were five women in that family. Nobody is married. And so she came to me. So I said, let me pray for you. As I, I just closed my eyes to pray. Here I landed in their house and I saw a grave. And in this grave was a python that always comes out. And he, he, I'm, I'm, this person is kneeling down in fact five of them were kneeling in my office and I'm, I'm watching this python crawl around the house and go back to the grave I said to them did they, did they bury anybody in your house they say yes our father was buried inside the, the, the yard in KwaZulu and that is the problem of that family and now I had to put them on a fast and I fasted with them and we had to deal with that devil so I, I told them, bring me a bottle of anointing oil. And I blew into the oil. I said, go and anoint that grave. And so that we can place a gate on that snake. And it will never come out again. So that can manifest. I, most times when I'm in counseling, that's one of the things that show up. So many of you have come to counseling. And when I tell you things, you're like, huh? How did you know? Amen, somebody. One of my daughter came and I began to tell her what God wants to do with her life and she was like all these things God has told me and I wrote them down but I was not there when she had that discussion with God am I talking to believers that's the word of knowledge the word of knowledge in John chapter 1 and verse 43 Jesus displayed that verse 43 and 251 let's read that quickly let's read that John chapter 1 verse 43 please put that for us on the screen 
The Bible said the day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and find that Philip and say unto him, follow me. Next verse. Now Philip was in Bethesda and Philip was of Bethesda, the city of Andrew and Peter. Keep going. Philip findeth Nathanael and said unto Nathanael, We have found him whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of, the, or son of Joseph. Jesus saw Nathanael coming and saith unto him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no cow. Keep going. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said to thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou, thou shalt see greater things than this. Next verse. Next verse. Is there a next verse, sir? Or is that the end? Verse 51, I think. And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter you shall see the heavens open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So now, here was Nathaniel. This guy was doubting Jesus. And Jesus now said to him, Listen, I saw you when you were standing under the tree. And that made Nathaniel believe and follow Jesus. That's a word of knowledge where you, God will give you, give you supernatural insight of something about someone in the past and in the present. Somebody say amen. There's so many of them in the Bible. I don't, I don't have so much time to go through all of them. Um, when when um, uh, Saul was saved, the Bible said that God sent him to Ananias. Ananias. And in Acts chapter 9 and verse 10 to 19, if you read the story, the Bible said the Lord appeared to Ananias. Ananias was not a preacher. He was not a pastor. He was not a prophet. And the Lord said to him, I'm sending you a man. And this is what you do to him. You will tell him all that he will suffer for me. And you will lead him to Christ. And Ananias had already known about Saul. That he was the one that was causing havoc to the churches. He was the one killing church members. Killing brethren. But here is God appearing to him and saying, listen, I'm sending somebody to you. His name is Saul. When, you, when he comes, do not reject him. Don't drive him away. You know, sometimes if God does not reveal to us about people, we may miss our destiny helpers. Oh, can I hear an amen? Amen, somebody. The word of knowledge. You know the story of the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well. When she came to Jesus Christ, and Jesus began to tell her about her life. Jesus said to her, you are... You have had five husbands. The ones you are living with now is not your husband. That was a word, of, a word of knowledge. How did Jesus know? He knew by the gift of the Spirit. The word of knowledge. Am I talking to somebody? You can know when your business transaction will go through. Oh boy, oh boy. Because some of you only see these things as I'm talking. You think, okay, it's only for preachers. You can know. You can know. You can know. I remember many years ago, one of my staff, his name is Hadi. <laughs> he came into my office to ask me for help. And as he walked in, the Holy Ghost said to me, he had just speak finished speaking evil of you. I was like, wow. And he came to ask me for help. You see how dangerous human beings are? He had just finished speaking evil. He was somewhere and he was speaking about you, speaking bad things about you. You need these gifts. You need to know that is how you will find your destiny. Many of us have passed our destiny helpers because we are not gifted by the Holy Ghost. And we don't acknowledge these gifts. My goodness, my time is running 
so fast. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. All right, let's go to the next one. Discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. This is the ability to know or see into the realm of the spirit and discern what is going on. And also, this is also um, the ability to perceive people's motives. Where is your amen, Bazalwan? How many of you know in these days you need to know the motive of people? Uh, there's so many criminals that are coming now even to church. Uh, ladies, you need this gift. Ah, yeah. you know when that man shows up and say hello and you hear the baritone voice kabosha the square shoulders the six pack the guy is loaded with all kinds of things has money has a house has all these things beloved you need the spirit of descendant for you to get married today you need that spirit you need that gift say amen somebody you need to be able to discern what spirits are in operation. Because somebody can come in sheep's clothing and say they are of God. You need to discern which spirit is doing what they are doing. Can I hear an amen? We have that in the Bible. Acts chapter 16 verse 16 to 20. The Bible said that there was this young damsel who was possessed with the spirit of divination. And what was she doing? She was following the disciples. The Bible says it came to pass as well as we went into prayer. A certain damsel possessed with what? What spirit was in operation? The spirit of divination is the spirit of witchcraft. Okay? Met us who brought her masters much gain. So people found out that she had this spirit. She had this spirit of witchcraft which she used to divine things. She can give you information. She can tell you your ID number, your street address without her knowing where you are from. But it's not from God. And the Bible says, some people found out and took her and began to pay her salary and now used her for business. So anytime you wanted to see what is going on in your life, you went to her. So she had people she worked for and used to make profit. Keep going. Next verse. The same followed who now Paul is a man of God he's an apostle followed us and cried saying these are the servants of the most high God which show us the way of salvation now church stop there any man of God who hears somebody saying this to them we say wow I have a congregation that loves me Kayabasha this my daughter is faithful she's a traitor she is good. She comes to church regularly, serving in the hospitality, serving in the choir. But behind the operation of everything she's doing is the spirit of witchcraft. You must be able to discern. One day, I was sitting there. Some group of people came to sing in our conference. And as they were standing there, I saw spam all over the men. Hi. I sent a message to Colin. I said, get those people out of my altar now. What did I see on them? Sperm. You know what it means? They were all living in fornication. And they are standing on our altar. That's why, if you stand here, God will show me things. I, I sent somebody to Colin. I said, get those people. Though it was our 31st crossover service. 
Was it you I sent? I can't remember who I sent. Some 31st crossover. I was just sitting there and they were there to sing. And I just saw that vision. And I said to Colin, get all of them. Get our choir back on stage. Choir, do you remember? Oh, you can't remember. I said, get our choir back on stage. Get those people to come down. Are we together? Descending of spirit. Now, they can be singing, but the spirit they are operating with is the spirit of lust. And what happens is after they finish singing, the church starts struggling with fornication and adultery. That's why be careful which church you go to. Because not everybody is operating by the spirit of God. Man. So keep going. Let's go back to our verse. So this did her how many days? How many days was she following Paul and saying these are men of God that show us the way of salvation? How many of you know what she's saying is the truth? Hello? Everything she said is the truth. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And what happened to the spirit? It came out in the same hour. This is how Paul and Silas ended up in prison because the masters who she used to make profit for, the woman cannot see vision anymore. And now they took Paul and Silas and threw them in jail. So beloved, it's not every time. I mean, some of you drive. We used to, in Basonia, when those years, there was this Indian woman that used to stand by the corner, by the robot, and she distributed flyers. I can read palm. I can read this. I can read. And truly, if you go there, she will tell you your story. But she's doing it how? By the spirit of di divination. Some of you who want to hear something, speak, Papa. <laughs> speak, Papa. Go deeper. Deeper where? My friend, get yourself in order. Amen. You are not going deeper anywhere. <laughs> Amen, somebody. Matthew 16, verse 13, we have, uh, you know, Peter that spake by the Spirit of God. Who the Bible say that Jesus asked a question to the disciples, who do men say that I am? And immediately Peter, when none of the disciples couldn't answer, Peter said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. This is, he discerned that the spirit that spoke to Peter was the spirit of his father. Say amen. Then we have another situation in Matthew chapter 16 verse 21. A few verses later. Jesus told the disciples, I'm about to die. Peter took him, dragged him one side and said, you are going nowhere. You are not dying. Jesus said, looked at him. He said, Satan. Who did he say? He didn't say Peter. He knew that the spirit that spoke through Peter was Satan. Because his assignment was to come and die. You need to be able to discern spirit and discern people's motives. I'm telling you in these last days, Believe me, you will marry a, a devil if you don't have discerning of spirit. Even in church. One of my sons came to me and said, there's a brother that used to drive Mercedes. I mean, this brother comes to church dressed proper, dressed, you know, and he came to approach the brother after service and said to him, let's get into a business. And this brother released 30,000. And that guy vanished from church. And when he came to tell me, I said, son, why are you only telling me now? 
I told you guys before you enter a business with anyone in this church, let me know. Can I hear an amen? In order to avoid such nonsense. If that brother had discerning of spirit, he will understand that this guy is here to crook me. Where is your amen, Bazalwan? The ability to discern the spirits that are in operation. Somebody say amen to that. Then we are going to now move to the power gift. Somebody say the power gifts. The power gift, the first one among them that I told you is the gift of faith. The gift of faith. This is an unusual ability to believe God that is higher and greater than your word level. The level of the word of God that you have in you. You believe God super, there is a supernatural faith. Now, we know that there are three kinds of faith in the Bible. The first one is the law of faith. The law of faith that talks about the faith that cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Then we have the spirit of faith. The Bible says we having the same spirit of faith as it is written, we have spoken. Therefore, if you believe, you speak. That is the spirit of faith. It is a spirit of faith that helps you release the word of God supernaturally out of your mouth and see it come to pass. Somebody say amen. And then we have the gift of faith. Somebody say the gift of faith. Now the gift of faith is one of the gifts that God does not allow to stay with anyone. It's a very dangerous gift. Because when you are operating under this gift, anything you say comes to pass. And it works in hand in hand with the working of miracles. Amen, somebody. It's a very serious gift. Moses was faith, faced with the Red Sea. And here he was, Pharaoh behind them. And Moses started crying. The children of Israel cried to Moses. And then Moses cried unto God. God said to him, why criest thou unto me? He said, tell the people that they do what? What should they do? Now, church, you are talking to three million people to go into the sea. Hello? That has to be operation of the gift of faith. How do you know anything will happen? They will not drown. And the Bible says, as they went forward into the sea, Moses stretched his hand and the sea divided. God said to them, listen, the Egyptians you see today, he spoke through Moses. That's the gift of faith. The Egyptians you see today, you shall see no more. I prophesy that over somebody here today. The Egyptians you saw this morning, you shall see them no more after the service. Can I hear an amen, somebody? Amen. The gift of faith. It's a supernatural gift. The Lord came to me one day while I was preaching here. He said, build this auditorium. Build it one year debt free. The church had 88 runs in their account. And I announced it. How many of you were here when I announced it? Okay, some people were here. I said, God just spoke to me. It was 31st night. No, 31st of January. We had just finished our 21 days of fasting. As I was standing, we were in a tent in the middle of this building. And the Lord said, son, build me a 3,000 seater auditorium one year debt free. And I said it to the people. You know, in November, when the building was literally like not, it didn't look like we were going to be in a building in January, November. Pastor Jude came to me then and said to me, can we postpone the, 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 um, the dedication? I said, no, it's impossible. 
I said, the God that built the earth in six days can build a building in one month. And that's it. On 31st January 2004 or 5, is it 2005, we dedicated this building to the glory of God. Can I hear an amen? Exactly one year. Now, that has to take faith, church. It has, imagine if you have that kind of faith in your business. You can own a bank in 30 days. Oh, no amen. No amen. All right. Let me move on quickly. I don't have much time. The next one is the gifts of healing. This is the ability to bring both emotional and physical healing to people by the gift of healing. There are many men of God that operate in this gift. Benny Hinn is one of them. Aura Robot was one of them before he died. The gifts of healing. Now, some of us may operate in this gift once in a while, but there are people that this gift is sitting on bodily. And Benny Hinn got that gift from, what's that skinny woman's name? Uh, what? I've forgotten her name, man. It just... Catherine Kuman. You guys are born again. My goodness. Hallelujah. Catherine Kuman. He got it from Catherine Kuman. It's a supernatural gift because you see, church, this gift is not just for body physical healing. Church, do you know that emotional sickness is worse than body sickness? Oh, oh boy, you don't believe me. I said emotional sickness is what? It's worse than body sickness. Many times when people are drained emotionally, that's when they even begin to get sick. The Bible says that, uh, I think it's Proverbs 17, verse 22. It says that a merry heart doeth good like what? Medicine. He said, but a broken spirit dryeth up the bones. What does it do to the bones? It dries up the bones. And church, let me tell you, there is a gift that heals people emotionally. Emotional problem is worse than any problem you can have. Oh, years ago, I counseled one of the couples that used to be in this church. A couple. I mean, this lady, every time she and her husband had an argument, one day they were in the kitchen and they were arguing. She was frying egg. She took the pan. And this guy has cheese cob like Brother Larry. Brother Larry, stand up. Let them see how nice your head is. There you go. There you go. Now, so she took the pan she was using to fry egg, turned it and hit this guy at the middle of his head and his head opened. So when they came into my office, sat down, they were both in this church, came into my office, I said, this is abnormal. She was so remorseful. She was so, then I said, I said, you know what? Uh, I counseled them and they left. And the guy is a very quiet guy, very cool guy. And he just took it, went, got stitches, and went back home and stayed with his wife. So I called her back. And I said, daughter, I happen to know that this is an action that is abnormal. I saw in your face how you felt seeing your husband in this state. And I said, there must be an emotional problem. And she broke down. She just started crying. She says, dad, I was raped many years ago by my uncle. And he says, because of that, once I see any man shouting at me, I react. That's an emotional problem. Now you can marry that kind of woman. She looks beautiful on high heels. When she walks into church, oh boy, koi, koi, koi. But uh, there is major challenges. 
Many men have emotional problems. When you see a man that drinks himself to stupor, there is an emotional challenge. It's not normal for a man to drink himself. I used to have an accountant. This dude used to, I mean, chartered accountant. I, was, I went to see one of the houses I used to own. I was telling my wife, I showed her. I said, I sold it to a lawyer. This guy drives all kinds of cars. Panamera, drives Porsche Cayenne, drives ML. But one day when I sold him the house, that house, uh, I went to show my wife one of the, some of the properties I used to own. So when I sold him that house, he said I should meet him somewhere to sign. Beloved, when I went to meet this guy, he was among these, you know these hobos that are playing dice on the street. He was a lawyer. He packed Porsche Panamera outside, playing dice. They had whiskey on the floor. That's an emotional problem. It's not normal for somebody of that dignity to come down so low. So many people, are, that's why before you marry someone, find out their background. Don't go out with a, a man, oh you, are, oh, you look sweet. <laughs> when I look at your eyes, I see me, Unamanga. My friend, that's not why you are there. Beloved, when you are dating, ask questions. So many men are cheating today because of emotional problems. When a man doesn't have emotional issues, he's stable. He's stable. By the time a man sleeps here, sleeps there, sleeps there, with different, with the kind of diseases in this nation. People, please be careful, man. People have emotional issues. And you need, that's why during, I, I always say to people, you know, don't always come to church only when I'm preaching. Because one of the ways God heals our emotions is during worship. When you are worshiping God and you see tears all over people's face, God is dealing with some emotional issues. Am I communicating somebody? There are people when they have gone through some things, they, they, it, it does something to their emotions. And these things have a way of dealing with you. Has a way of dealing with you. People that have suffered rejection, there is a way they act. People that have suffered, you know, there is, there is a, somebody that came to me in counseling and said, right from day one, her father kept telling her, you will never amount to anything. And she says, you know that, I can't keep a job. I can't keep a job. Now, that was a statement from her father, but that statement still affects her even at, in her 40s. Am I talking to somebody? That's why parents, be careful what you say to your children. Because you are damaging them. When you keep calling your child, you are stupid. Don't you have sense? The boy will just assume I don't have sense. Everything he does becomes senseless. Oh, no, amen. All right. Let me move on. Let me move on. Amen, somebody. So God brings this supernaturally. It can kick in the gift of healing. One morning, I woke up in the morning praying. I've told you guys the story. And all of a sudden, I had this migraine that was insane. It was sometime last year. Insane migraine. I'm asking God. I, I bound the devil. I casted him out. I did everything that I need to do for that thing to go. He refused to go. So I, I came to church early hours of the morning preparing my message. And the Lord said to me, the reason you have this migraine is that there is somebody in church that came with. That's the burden of being a preacher. It's one of the things I hate about preaching. Especially when you have the level of grace that we carry where God will put somebody's sickness on you just for you to identify with the person. So I came to church and I was preaching and I said, there is somebody here, you have migraine. 
and I spoke the word of the Lord. And a sister from Randwater, I don't even know if she's still in church, that works for Randwater. She came to me, she says, I was, I've been dealing with this migraine for three and a half years. So imagine I'm suffering the whole morning, even in prayer, studying the word of migraine, just because somebody was here who had migraine. And that's how she got delivered. Am I talking to somebody? That was the gift in operation. Another elderly mama had cancer. One day I was preaching, I said, the Lord said, there is somebody here with cancer. The Lord wants to heal you now. She came out and I prayed for her. I don't know if it was here or in the tent. No, it was in this building. And she came, I prayed for her. And she went to do a CT scan. The cancer had vanished. So you see, God gives them as he wills, as he wills. He doesn't give it to you and you stay with them. Am I communicating? Because let me tell you, if you have the gift of faith, under that gift, you say to somebody, die, that person is gone. There is, there is, there is nothing that can save that person. Once that gift is in operation. Are we together so far? I said, are we together so far? All right, the next one is the working of miracles. The working, are you understanding this gift? I'm trying to make it as simple as possible. The working of miracles. This is the supernatural ability to bring about supernatural results and occurrence above and beyond the law of nature. They are, let me read that again. Some of you are writing. They, this is a supernatural, the ability to bring about supernatural results. That means that your result will not be normal. Your result, you can start a business in one year, you turn it over 50 million by the working of miracles. Am I talking to somebody? On the average results, anybody under one year should be turning over 500,000 or 100,000. But by the operation of this gift, you can operate in 10 millions or 50 millions by the operation of this gift. This has to do with your result that is beyond nature. The working of miracles, what it does is that it bypasses nature. It bypasses what? Nature. The natural results or the natural process is bypassed for the working of miracles. This is when things that happened in the Bible, you know about the story in 2 Kings chapter 7 and verse 1, when Elisha said, by this time tomorrow, what will happen? The Bible says a a, a measure of meal will be sold for a, a shekel and a barley of meal will be sold for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. During famine, there was no food in Israel. And this man of God spoke. And the Bible says, how did God bring it? In fact, when he spoke those words, the Bible said the Lord in whose uh, hand the king leans, that is the, the, uh, the like the, the uh, bodyguard of the, the king or one of his aides said, even if God opens the windows of heaven, how shall this be? And Elijah said to her, he said to him, you will see it, but you will not partake of it, for doubting the gift of the Holy Ghost. You see, these gifts operated in the Old Testament. On the Old Testament saints, it, it, it operated in them. And then the Bible says, the hand of God came on four leprous men. And they looked at each other and said, why sit we here till we die? If we go to the city, we will die. If we stay here, we'll die. Let us go to the city. And the Bible said they rose up at twilight. And the Bible said the Lord appeared in the camp of the Syrians at twilight. And they began to hear noises of chariots. And they took off for their lives. Left all their food, left all their gold, left their rolexes, everything. 
And when the lepers came, they first ate, blessed themselves. And they say, it's not good. Today we won't do bad. Let's inform the king so that the whole city will have food. The whole city of Israel. And the Bible says they went and told the king. And the Bible said the word of the Lord came to pass. That a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. And a, a measure of barley was sold for a, a, a shekel. Am I communicating? You need that gift. Look at your neighbor and say, you need that gift. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24. You all know the story of Jesus. Jesus entered Capernaum and then here was South African Revenue Services. Hallelujah. I know some of you walk in SARS. Amen. Glory to God. SARS came and approached Jesus. And they got there. They met Peter. And said, Peter, we need tax from Jesus. What's going on? We have not seen his taxes. <laughs> Peter went to Jesus and Jesus said to him, uh, he said, Master, SARS is here to pick up tax from you. And Peter said, give me a coin. No, no. Peter asked, is it right for us to do so? Jesus said, give me a coin. Whose image is on this? He said, Caesar. He said, give unto Caesar what belongs to who? To Caesar. Then immediately, Jesus said to him, listen, lest we offend them, go to the sea. Cast a hook. Bring out the first fish. Open the mouth. There will be coin. What happened? That's how Peter and Jesus came out from SARS. Dead free. You will come out dead free. God will give you solution to all your debts in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. Walking of miracles, the feeding of the 5,000. I want to run quick because I don't have much time. The feeding of the 5,000. John chapter 6 from verse 1 to 12. You all know the story. How Jesus had 5,000 men besides women and children. And there was a lad that had five loaves and two fish. And by the walking of miracles... That multiplied, fed everybody, and they took 12 baskets of crumbs. Say amen to that. Peter, in Luke chapter 5, from verse 1 to 11, the Bible says, had toyed all night. He had done what? Toyed all night. And then Jesus was passing by, and there were so many crowds. He needed a boat to preach. And the Bible says, he said to Peter, trust your boat into the sea. Let me preach through with your boat. That's why church, make your business Jesus' business. If you run a business here and your business is not paying tight, start from today. Because you give it to Jesus as your boat. And after Jesus used the boat, he said to him, launch out into the deep for a drought. And the Bible says Peter launched out into the deep and caught the kind of fish he has never ever caught in his life. And the Bible says he beckoned on his partners and they brought all their sheep and they filled all their boats that even the boats began to sing. So church, do you see that this gift is needed in the marketplace more than in the church? Can I hear an amen? Stop thinking that these things are only, let me tell you, I can tell you now, that's how I became a millionaire. By the working of miracles. I mean, we were selling, Hugo's used to work for me. Stand up. He owns his own property business now, where he owns presidential realities, right? He used to be one of my staff. So it was when I, I started House of Treasures Ministries, God told me to close down that business and, and, and start church. Now, when we, were, when we were selling properties, we used to sell, in the time when there was, I mean, people, agents are struggling. We used to sell 50 properties in a month. We were holding in millions. How? It was by the working of miracles. You can use it in your business. 
You need to start believing God for this gift. When you wake up in the morning, declare, Father, Holy Ghost, by the working of miracles today, let my business thrive in these last days. Am I talking to somebody? Stop thinking that these things are only for pastors. They are for you. Look at your neighbor and say, it's for you. The value of the dry bone. You all know the story of the value of the dry bone. The Bible says, Ezekiel, God said to him, can these bones live? Can your business succeed? Can you become a millionaire by the end of this year? Can I hear an amen, somebody? Can you emerge as the greatest lawyer in this nation? These were the questions. You know what Ezekiel said to God? Only you know. I don't know. I don't know how possible. God said, listen, you don't understand. By the working of miracle, that business you are calling nothing, that looks dry today, can become the greatest business in South Africa. That's why you need to believe God. For We are going to pray shortly. So that you cry to God and say, Lord, I need these gifts in operation in my life. I've seen them. I'm telling you, without these gifts, this church, that's why I can't even explain in 11 years how we got here. We are in a country where they say churches don't do, churches don't do anything meaningful. By the operation of these gifts, I've seen them in my life. I've seen them operate in different dimensions, different ways of operation. We were in, in, in service the other, I think it was yesterday. And, and as I was praying, I kept turning and I saw there was a lady and I kept seeing restoration. Every time I turned, I saw restoration on her face. And I spoke out the word of God. It was when we got home, my wife began to tell me, this is her story, this is what happened. So my wife knows her personally, personally. And all the ordeals she has gone through in the past few years. Amen, somebody. Now, but I spoke the word of the Lord that there was restoration coming to her. How did I know that? It was by, by what? The word of knowledge. I knew that by the word of knowledge, that was a supernatural gift that happened yesterday. Am I talking to somebody? Amen. All right. What is the next one? Let's tie this thing up. The next one, we are going to go to the inspirational gifts. The inspirational gifts. Somebody say inspirational gifts. You are not serious. Say inspirational gifts. This is, we are starting with the first one is the gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy is the ability, supernatural ability to reveal events of the future. Events or information of the future. So this is where the gift of prophecy comes in. It speaks about your future. It speaks what God wants to do in your future. Say amen. Speaks about what God wants to do in your future. Prophecy does three things. The gift of prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 3. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 3. Give that to me quickly, please. 1 Corinthians. The Bible say, everybody look up, write it down. Look up the screen. He said, but he that prophesied speaketh unto who? Unto men. Unto what? Number one. Number one. So prophecy is for what? Edification. Number two. Blind. Please, I beg you, stop running after somebody who will tell you your... If somebody tells you anything, but react immediately. 
Somebody tell you you will die tomorrow. In the name of Jesus, I shall live and not die. React immediately. Don't keep quiet. Some of you have contacted strange spirits because somebody prophesied nonsense on you and you allowed it. That will tell you this is what will happen. This is what will happen in your future. This is what is going to be. One day I told you, I said to you, God has raised you as a billionaire. But you know what? I'm going to say it publicly. You are the one stopping yourself. I'm before God. I am telling you now. You are the one. God, the anointing on your life is to raise billions for the kingdom. But you are not serious with God. Please, from today, you go. I'm talking to you. Stand up. And I, I want everybody to see what I'm saying. This man, the hand of God, I call him. When I call, talk to you, how do I call you? Bilonia. That's what I saw on him. When he used to be consistent in church. And I'm saying this publicly because the day you straighten your life with God, I tell you, you will see money coming to you like water. God raised you for the kingdom. There is very few people that have the kind of grace you have. I have told you this many years ago. Today, God, I don't know why God brought you to church. Because your mother-in-law is around. That's how you came here today. You haven't been to church for almost a year or two years. God is saying it again to you. He just reminded me now that he has raised you as a kingdom billionaire to generate income, to bring in money to the kingdom of God. Don't use your money for nonsense. Use it for the gospel. Preach this gospel with your money. That's what you are here to do. That's your purpose on earth. You don't have any other reason why you are here. It is for that purpose. God gave you the grace to go to the world, gather the money from Satan and all his agents, and bring it to the gospel. And you will enjoy if you obey God. Say the Spirit of God. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. The gift of prophecy. John the Baptist was a prophet. And most times there are people that you know, are prophets who don't even operate by this gift of prophecy. And there are many of you that have the gift of prophecy. You know, some of you have it through dreams. Your dreams always come to pass. Hello? Every time you dream about something, it comes, that's a gift of prophecy. It's a gift that God shows you. God shows you things to come. You always have perspective on the future. It's an advantage to anybody. I'm telling you, church, if you have that gift, you will never struggle with depression. You know where you are going. You know, I know the plans that I have for you. It's plans of good and not of evil. To give you what? A hope and a, and a hope and a future. Somebody say amen to that. This gift is very important. It takes maturity to prefer it because it's not everything you can say. It's not everything. There are so many things I see about some of you, I can't say them. I can't, I can't, I mean, why would I call somebody out now and I will say, you know, God is showing me you have HIV. That is, you know, when I see these prophets do these things on TV, I feel like slapping them in the TV. It's not right. How do you disgrace people like that? Am I communicating? So church, these are, you, you need maturity to do that. Because these gifts, you can operate them and it becomes an error to people. 
People have used this gift to bring fear to people, to bring condemnation, to kill people, and put fear in their life that eventually leads them to a, a side that, that is not of God. Can I hear an amen, church? So please, if you operate in this gift, it requires a lot of maturity. It's not everything that you can say. There are times to say things. There are seasons to say things. Can the church say amen? amen. And then you have diverse kinds of tongues. Somebody say diverse. Diverse kinds of tongues. Somebody say diverse kinds of tongues. This is the, this is a different kind of tongues. Um, if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 1, Paul said, he said these words. Um, he said these words. He said, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Now, look at this. So there are tongues of men. Tongues of men is the language of uh, our natural men language. For instance, some of you are Zulu, some of you are Kosa, some of you are, uh, what else? Pedi, Sutu. Alright, those are tongues of men. But they are tongues of angels. And that's not the normal tongues that you used to pray. Can I hear an amen? It's not your normal tongues. There are personal, there are tongues for personal edification. Those ones are the normal tongues that you speak. Tongues for personal edification. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 2. If you go to the 14 and verse 2. Give me 14 verse 2. Please give me that quickly. 14 and verse 2. My goodness. Yo, I need to run. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue does what? Speaketh not unto men, but to who? To God. For no man yet understandeth him, but how be it in the spirit? What is he speaking? Mysteries. He's declaring mysteries. So that's why... As a Christian, don't forbid to speak in tongues. There is tongues that are for personal edification. The Bible, I think, is in Romans 8 and verse 26. For the Spirit helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be altered. And the Bible says, He that searcheth the heart knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And then next verse says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. So there is, there is tongues for personal edification. Paul said, I pray in tongues more than you all. Don't forbid to pray in tongues. When you wake up in the morning, as you are dressing up, as you are in the shower, as you enter your car, you are defying yourself. You put yourself in a place where you hear, sorry, where you hear the Holy Ghost, where you hear God, where you, you are in fellowship. You know, church, you can be among a noisy thousand people around you and yet you have communication with the Holy Spirit. Oh yeah, you need that in these days. Where God will tell you, don't do something. Don't do this. Move out of this place. Get out somewhere. I was driving in the United States. I was on I-83 in uh, Georgia Highway in Atlanta. And as I was driving, I turned in from South Cobb Drive into the highway and I heard the Holy Ghost say to me, Son, I have an assignment for you in this city. Just like that. So I know that we are going to do something in the U.S. That's why I keep getting invitation. Yeah, I think it's in sometime this week or next week. I'm going to the U.S. to preach. 
Amen, somebody. I have an assignment for you in this city. Church, your ability to hear God. Your ability to hear God. When, when, you, when you position yourself well, and you do that by praying, always praying in the Holy Ghost. That's why those who pray in the Spirit always manifest these gifts. If I find somebody who doesn't pray all the time, these gifts may not be able to manifest properly in your life. And you need them in your job, in your business. Can you imagine your, the business you work for is in trouble and you prefer a solution. You bring up a solution. That's what Daniel did. And today, Daniel became... the. In fact, Daniel was in... For 71 years was in government. How many years? 71 years. He served under Nebuchadnezzar. He served under uh, Belshazzar. He served under Tyrus. He served under... Uh, uh, what's the last one? Cyrus. He served under four kings. 71 years in government. Why? Because he kept coming up with solutions to issues in the... In, the Bible said when the king checked them and his mates, all the astrologers, he was how many times? 10 times greater than all his fellows. You shall be 10 times greater from today. I'm telling you, God will give you solution to the problems of this world. Believe me. Say amen to that. And then you have tongues as signs unto unbelievers. There are tongues. Tongues can be signs to unbelievers. I mean, the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 verse 1, when the Holy Ghost came, that they were all filled with the Spirit and began to speak with tongues. And the Bible said that those, I think it's in verse 6, that people around them could hear them speaking their language. But yet, the people speaking it didn't know what language they were speaking. That, that, that's now supernatural. Amen, somebody. I remember many years ago, I was listening to Creflo Dollar and he said he was in, um, I don't know where he was, preaching. And he began to speak, as he was praying in tongues, he was speaking Spanish. And when he finished, a Spanish guy stood up in the midst of the congregation, walked to the front and said, Sir, you were speaking my language. And I know you, don't, you are not from Spain. Did you, did you study our language? And Creflo said no. And he interpreted everything Creflo spoke in tongues in English, in, their, in Spanish language. Am I communicating? Church, you can have that. I remember when this church started, those of you who were there, when I came on the pulpit, that spirit came on me. I began to speak in this. In fact, at that time, some people even made that tongues their ringtone. I don't know where that tongues came from. Even me, when I, when I heard it, after I, when I listened to the message, I'm wondering what in the... You can see this is a language from somewhere. I remember one day as well, I was praying at home. It was in our cottage. And I went into the cottage to pray. And I knew I was speaking a language in Asia. It wasn't my normal tongues. And as I finished preaching, I finished speaking it, God gave me the interpretation. So it's possible. It's possible. But then, you now have this one called tongues as a ministry gift. As a ministry gift. That's the one I'm talking about. The same 1 Corinthians 14. Give me verse 5. Verse 5. Give me verse 5, quickly. He says, I would that ye all speak with tongues, but rather that ye prophesy. For greater is he that prophesy than he that speaketh with tongues. Except he, what? Interprets that the church may receive edification. So, church, look at this. You know, in those years when we grew up, church, listen, we used to have the preacher. 
he'll be preaching all of a sudden Shekubazi, Azikevila and then somebody will stand up and start interpreting I don't know if those of you experience it but you see today we don't have that in the church because the church is not aware of spiritual gifts we used to have it somebody will stand up there and start praying in the Holy Ghost just aloud screaming out in the Holy Ghost and somebody else will interpret or God will give the preacher interpretation am I talking to somebody but those gifts are real they are here to stay it is given by the Holy Ghost somebody say amen to that and then lastly let's do the diverse kinds of tongues diverse kinds of tongues diverse is that the one I just know interpretation of tongues interpretation of what of tongues interpretation of tongues is the ability to translate divine utterances into earthly recognized language for edification it is the ability to translate or interpret divine utterances into what earthly recognizable language for edification so that's what i was saying Somebody will speak in tongues, somebody else will interpret. Speak in tongues, somebody else. There were many times in the Bible that this happened. For instance, one day, Belshazzar was having a party. At this point, he had taken the gold in the house of the Lord, taken the cups, and the gold cups in the house of the Lord, and he took it to his palace, and they began to drink wine with the things of God. Some of you who still drink wine, let me scan. There is this area. <laughs> I'm joking. Amen. <laughs> so they began to drink wine with the cup of God's house. Church, let me tell you, everything in this place is precious. You know, we used to have a guy who was in the choir, in the band, and he stole some equipment. I didn't need to curse him. His life is a mess still today. Our previous security guy, before we hired uh, Noah, you know, we had these plastic chairs, we had 3,000 before we extended the church to 5,000. We had 3,000 plastic chairs. When we did these chairs, we now stored them in the storeroom. What's his name? Samuel. Yeah, Samuel. You all remember him? Samuel was selling your chairs. He sold 2,000. How many did he sell? 2,000. So every Sunday after we finish service, a truck, will a baki will drive in here and somewhere we load some chairs. So him and Mo Moses is the gardener. Him and Moses fought. Halabasha. Moses has known that he has been selling. That's why I fired Moses. Because if Moses, if they didn't fight, Moses will allow him to sell it, finish. So the ones you see here is the one that is left. We only have a thousand left. The ones on the extension. Amen. So, <laughs> somewhere sold 2,000 chairs. That was the day I slapped. I slapped him. Oh, oh boy. I didn't just pray. I slapped him. Uh, I was so angry. I said, somewhere. So, after service, when we go home, a baki drives in here, collect our chairs. As I heard it, he came close. I, pa! It was of the Holy Ghost. I tell you. It's the first time I ever slapped anybody on this ground. I slapped him. And I said to him, you will never amount to anything until you return those chairs. 
He called me last day. He said, Daddy, forgive. My life is a mess. I said, no problem. Bring back the 2,000 chairs. What do you do? Bring it back. Apostle, please forgive. I will. No, I have forgiven. But for the audacity to sell God's chairs, those chairs are not mine. Anything in this place belongs to God. If you steal a camera here, you will never turn out anything in life. There is nothing you steal on this ground that you will, your life will be the same. Never. Never. Everything you see here is holy things. When we bought these things, we dedicated them to God. Amen, somebody. I remember when I bought those drums, I knelt down there, dedicated it to God. You will steal that drums. Your life will be a mess. It's guaranteed. I promise you. These things are, they belong. Belshazzar took the cup in the house of God and went to drink wine in a party with it. Celebrating. All of a sudden, as they were drinking wine, a hand, only one hand, just came on the wall. Wrote, Mene, Mene, Teke, Ophasin. Hiya! He called all the witches in the land. Called all the astrologers, diviners. He said, please interpret. Nobody could interpret it. They went to Fel Daniel. Daniel, Daniel saw it already by the gift of the interpretation of tongues. And Daniel looked at the king. He said, king, what God is saying to you is this. Mene, mene. He said, means the Lord has weighed you in a balance and you have been found wanting. And the kingdom shall be stripped away from you. Kaya, by the interpretation of diverse kinds of tongues. Nobody could interpret it. You know God comes to you in such languages where you will not be church I'm telling you there are some of these things if you know them you can know when somebody is you can interpret things without even being there we need to believe God for these gifts I promise you we need to believe God for them men became giants of faith through these gifts in the Bible in operation imagine just a hand coming and right on the wall Mene, mene, take care of us. Every, nobody could interpret it. Says, listen, the kingdom will be taken from you. Because your father, Nebuchadnezzar, sinned. God drove him into the forest for seven years to eat grass with animals. And now you have carried on the same. Because you are playing with the cup in the house of God. Church, when you come here, take this place serious. We are not here to play games. You know, some people think I'm just in a Nigerian men's church. I'm not a Nigerian man. Can I hear an amen? I'm a man of God. Yes, I was born in Nigeria, but I'm, not, I'm a man of God. When you come in here, take everything we do here serious. You know how many encounters I've had on this ground? Encounters. I've seen angels. I was on this altar one day, and we were... It was, it was during worship. As I stood here, I saw Jesus ride on a horse across. Just I'm watching. Jesus rode on a horse from the. It was then the extension wasn't from the corner of the roof. Rode in. The horse was going, and I was watching. And he rode out. The power of God hit the place. Man, church, don't play with the house of God. Anybody that tells you you are wasting your time going to church, there. Let me tell you something. Your solution is in the house of God. Believe me. He said, I was admiring the wicked and their lifestyle. How they were drinking Hennessy, drinking all the alcohol in the world, Jack Daniels, expensive Moet and all these things. David said, I was admiring them. Like, Lord, how is it that we that are serving you are just living a low life? These people are living flashy. 
He said, until I went to the house of the Lord and I knew their end. That their end is destruction. Satan is setting them for a kill. You know how, I don't know how many of you, I grew up in a home where my father during Christmas used to buy goats, chicken. So he will make us to go and get grass for the goats. We are feeding the goat. When you bring it, the goat is happy. Some of them, we feed them till they grow fat. We are all waiting for Christmas day for them to be slaughtered. That is how Satan prepares his people. Look at hush puppy today. Who would have thought all the... Have you seen Hush Puppy's account on Instagram? The boy displays wealth to the brim. Lamborghinis, Rolls Royces. Today he's in 11 years in jail in America. That's how Satan treats his own. He will feed you until the day of slaughter. Beloved, if you are serving the devil, leave him alone today. There is only one God. He's the true and living God. The creator of heaven and earth. I'm telling you church, serve this God. I've seen him take me from nothing to where I am today. Today I can speak to presidents. I can speak to dignitaries. I can have people, government officials in this nation call me to, to ask me for information. Ask me what is God saying. Church, and yet I'm, I was not born here. I was not born here. I'm telling you, people call me to play like Zacchaeus. Call me to pray for them. Amen, somebody. Church, let me tell you, if you serve God, your life will be worth it in the end. Just take him serious. We have a generation that doesn't want to take God serious. And you are serving, it's, it's, you know, church, do you know how expensive it is to be a witch? Let me, can I talk? Listen to me. I grew up under my, my, my grand chooks, my brother is here. Only my father is a Christian. The rest are high tension sangomas. I have uncles who you can't stab, you can't shoot. No matter the AK 47, bring it from China. For where? It will never enter them. But boy, the price those people have to pay. One of my uncles, his name is uh, Osemeke. <laughs> Jesus. Osemeke, when my, my mother died, Osemeke came to our house. Not that I was, I, mean, I was, I was looking at him like this. Osemeke came to our house. As he got to the door, he's facing the door. As he got to the door, he turned back and entered our house like this. <laughs> Son, the day he enters with the front, he's dead. That's a covenant. They opened the garage. In the garage, our garage then, my mother used to have lines where she hangs clothes. Osemeke can't go under a line where they hang clothes. So he had to wait for us to open the main door. The garage door was open. But because there was a line, you see the condition Satan gives his people. Church, you have no condition. You just, God just says, serve me, love me with all your heart and obey me. And you are here. You, you, go and serve the devil. Let, you will see. Some of your parents who are witches, if you see the condition they have to meet, some of them have to sacrifice people yearly. Yearly. Please don't serve the devil. Serve the true and living God. That you don't see him doesn't mean he doesn't exist. Jesus came to this earth physically, died, and after three and a half years, sorry, after 33 and a half years, died, and went, he was buried, and he rose from the dead. And today, he's seated at the right hand of God. Who told you that there is no God? The Bible says, only a fool that says there is no God. 
There is God. God is more real than your brother sitting beside you. I'm telling you, God is more real. Serve him. Serve him. Stop living a wayward life. You are here every day. You're cheating on your wife. Nonsense. That's a foul life, man. Having girlfriends, sleeping with... You don't think you're a big boy. Ladies, don't think that there is dignity in you sleeping with 30 men. No, there's no dignity. Keep yourself as a woman. Let me tell you, there's a difference between... That's why I talk to women more. You see, a man, a man can sleep with a woman with no emotional attachment. Just sleep and walk off. That's how God made us. A woman, you can't. When you sleep with a man, there is, you, you get attached to the man because of the way God, your makeup. That's why most times, divorces rip women apart. The man is not affected. He just moves on with Sibungile. Just like that. By the time you wake up, he's already with six other women. Because it doesn't affect us like it affects you. That's why you are not, don't sleep. Listen, the best way to keep a man to you is don't sleep with her. Or don't sleep with him, sorry. If you want a man to genuinely marry you, don't sleep with him. Keep yourself. Because the moment you sleep with him, you demotivate him. He has nothing. Many of you, are, you know what you have suffered. The moment you slept, the next day you called him 15 times. He didn't answer you. He doesn't have time for you anymore. He's moved over to Sibungile. Say amen. I'm telling you something, church. Stop all that, man. You will go to hell. Church, hell is real. Hell, Jesus can return anytime. I keep sounding it in this church. Listen, I'm not a prophet. I'm a serious man of God. I would rather I have five people in this church that goes to heaven than to have 10,000 people that are not ready for Jesus. I'm telling you. Stop your mess. Stop your lifestyle. Live for Jesus. Live for him. God is real. And let me tell you, you cannot live for God and be the same. He picked me from nothing. Tell you, he picked me from nothing. Today I'm flying all over the world preaching this gospel. From nothing. Nothing. I stayed in hotels where I look at myself, I say, how would I have stayed here? if it was not Jesus. I've gone to places to preach and I will look at my late wife and I say, what would have brought us here if not for Jesus? Church, serve God. I beg you, be on fire for Jesus. There's nothing like him. Nothing. I'm telling you, today my life is a testimony. I literally, I look at my life and I say, what is it that God has not provided for me? What is it? What is it? church, please serve him. Serve him. All this pleasure, the Bible says, he that loveth pleasure shall not prosper. All this pleasure we are seeking for is there is nothing in them. They are of the devil. The pain it brings to humanity is too much. And we can't afford those pain. We cannot anymore. Look at how many people have children. Father have boated off. You are taking care of children. You know how difficult it is for both parents to bring up children. How much more when it's only you? Why are you putting yourself through pain? Wait until God gives you a husband. Am I talking to somebody? That's why we are not seeing the gift of the Spirit in the church. Because many people are living in sin. Living foul. Living wayward. We don't have these gifts manifesting. It just becomes something that a few just has. But it's not supposed to be for a few. It's supposed to be for everybody. For if I live... A holy life shone the wrongs 
and do the right. I know the Lord will make a way for me. Forget those nonsense people are telling you that if you are under grace, God does not see anything you do. It's a lie. God is, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord. You want to have the wisdom of God, the fear of God. Not crafty wisdom. Not 419 wisdom. Not manipulating wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear God. Serve Him. Stop all these things that we are doing today. Today, women are naked all over social media. There is no time you open social media, one woman is not naked. Is that life? Today, that's why women are seen as trash. Do you know that men see women now as like soccer? Oh, I've played 15 matches. It means he's played with 15 women. And he has scored goal. You, they're using you as soccer. And every day you are unzipping. Close up. Look at your, a woman around you say, zip up. Oh yeah, zip up. Those days are over. Those days are what? They are what? Zip up. Zip up. Live for God. What God? If you know what God wants to do with you, you will not be playing with your life. You will not. I'm telling you. I know I don't look it. I'm a holiness preacher. Yeah, yeah, people see me, you know. I'm telling you. You come to this church for long, you will change from your ways. I always use him as example, Sankam. This guy, very handsome pastor now, you know. Look at him. When he came to this church, he was a biker. Do you still have your tattoos? Yeah. Yeah. So he used to have tattoos. You know these bikers that tattoo everywhere? He used to drive bikes. Bodybuilders. You see them. He used to bring his friends to church. When you see them, you start bleeding the blood. <laughs> guy used to have girlfriends every... He, I mean, he had at me every point in time. There was five ladies. Then in, his wife is six. Drinking all kinds of whiskey, all kinds of. And then he had he had what what disease? Asthma. That is chronic asthma. Where if he doesn't take tablet, he would die. When he came into this church, one day him and his wife took us out to Sakumzi. So <laughs> he left his two phones. They told him to go and repack his car. The wife looked at me and mommy. He said, my, my daddy and mommy, I want to thank God for your lives. He said, I can't believe my husband left his phone with me. Hey, oh, Jehovah. Aya. Somebody say, God has worked. You know, when you see men like this, you know God is real. Today, this man can be trusted. Even if a thousand women are around him, I am sure he will not touch them. That's the working of the Holy Ghost. Today is a pastor here in this church. Asthma vanished back to devil. Today he's not on any medication. Can you imagine? Why would you go and stay with the devil and be carrying things? Here is he today, loving his wife. Him and his wife are happy in their marriage. Amen. Look at him, looking so clean. I'm telling you, he looks like a president. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Son, you can go back. Amen. I'm just trying to tell you what God can do. Oh, stop. Don't stay with the devil. Satan is wicked. 
He's a wicked. The Bible call him the wicked one. There is nothing Satan gives you that does not come with wickedness. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but change your ways. Change your ways. Every head bowed or eyes closed.